Just want to take a second and thank everyone for tuning in to a very special segment of Hallway 365. On today's show, we will be meeting up with a middle-level instructional facilitator. Uh, he's been working around middle-level students and teachers alike for years, and he's going to be discussing a some well, some issues that some of his middle-level students face, along with some of the best practices that educators can use to help combat some of these challenges. I want to take a second and thank our sponsors, Woodland Bank and Al's Pizzeria. Uh, make sure that if you go into Al's Pizzeria, you mention this podcast for 10% off a large cheese pie. So without further ado, let's uh, begin our show, and we'll start out with our special guest, his name is Mr. Jim Jimstone, and I'll go ahead and hand it over to him. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, so like the like our host said, I'll be discussing some of the issues that some of my middle-level students face, and just for security purposes, I will make up a couple names for them. Um, I'll be discussing two girls in particular. Um, one we'll call her Jenny, and the other we'll call her Mary Catherine Kelly. All right. So how today is going to be broken up? We're going to have four separate segments, and each of these segments will encapsulate a different aspect of middle-level development and well-being. The first being cognitive slash intellectual well-being. The second will cover uh, some behavior. The third segment will cover some of the social-emotional aspects of the middle-level students. And the fourth will include a segment about fostering positive relationships. And this will be with students and, and parents and just as many people as possible um, because it truly does take a village and everyone working together in order to help children progress and develop as efficiently as possible. So, again, we'll start with session one, which is cognitive development. All right. So a couple, <clears throat> some of the things that I know that Jenny has faced is she has a particular teacher who has offered to give her some feedback. It is an art teacher, and she has invited Jenny to come by homeroom um, whenever she can for some pointers and, again, just some feedback about uh, her her progress in the class. Um, and this is good that the teacher is offering uh, an opportunity for Jenny to come in and receive some feedback. But this is also some delayed feedback. All right. And feedback should be as immediate as possible. All right. The students need to have feedback at the very beginning of a project, during the middle, at the, at the end, give them as much feedback as possible so that they can continue to, to work hard and, and meet the expectations that you have for them. If you let one, two, three weeks go by um, after an assignment has, has already been due, you know, there's, there's an increased likelihood that the, the child is going to forget most of what was discussed. So again, make sure that that feedback is, is very timely. It's very accurate. Um, let's not be vague. Drill down to get specifics. You know, with Jenny in our art class, 
you know, if it was, if it's the, the lack of quality in her work, if you know her to, to do a lot better than that, then specifically say that to her. Be very specific and again, very timely. Right. Um, so another thing that would, would really help out Jeannie's cognitive development is finding a way to tie in some of the curriculum with her likes outside of the class. So we know that Jenny really likes to participate in plays. Um, there are several instances where she tries to role play to get a certain part. Um, again, just because she loves acting. And, and what the teachers and educators can do is find a way to incorporate some role playing into their curriculum. Now, if this is an English class, it may be assigning roles to a Shakespearean book that the children can act out. Or if it's an art class, maybe the students, you know, Jenny could pretend that she's Picasso and she has to um, paint his style of artwork. It's, it's just, again, creating opportunities for these students to role play, which is something that they're, that well, that Jenny in particular is interested in outside of the class. And this can, you know, increase her learning and engagement in the classroom. Uh, and it can just be a very beneficial tool for the teacher. Moving on to session two, we're going to be covering a little bit of Jenny's uh, behavior. And what we know about her behavior, there is there's a particular instance where she slaps a girl. Okay, and, and all too often I see, you know, when teachers address situations with hitting, they may just say, oh, don't hit. Hitting is bad. That's wrong. We don't need to do that. Um, but I would like to propose an alternative to um, this typical solution of just telling them to stop hitting. Um, let's recognize that Ginny is a, is a passionate girl. Okay, she is... Um, Let's see, she's standing up for her brother in this particular case, okay? So let's acknowledge this first thing in Jenny. And, and a conversation may go like this. Hey, Jenny, I, I understand that you're standing up for your brother, and I think that's really good. And I would encourage you to continue to stand up for the people around you and the people that you care about. But I want you to know that there is a right way to stand up for people, and there's a wrong way to stand up for people. And then you could ask Jenny some of the other ways that she could have handled the situation. You can explore options together because middle-level students are very exploratory. And by allowing them the opportunity to think about the issue and think about their own solutions to the problem, uh, it can definitely be very beneficial for them as well. So again, let's try to redirect this, this behavior. Okay, so we have her, she's hitting. And let's try to channel that behavior into her standing up for people in the right way instead of hitting them. And I think that would be a much more beneficial use of her energy, again, rather than trying to completely cut out the behavior. So Jenny also has some siblings. And let's talk for a second about how her sibling interactions affect her at school. All right, we know her younger brother sometimes causes issues for his kindergarten teacher. And Jenny has even been called out of class to go help him oh, get out of a cubby or just do whatever to help him get back on task. And I'm sure this is annoying and frustrating for Jenny sometimes that she is being pulled out of her own environment to go help her brother. Um, 
So the first, you know, an option that you can do in this situation is to foster this caretaking and nurturing personality that Jenny has. Okay. So acknowledge that in her and tell her that, you know, Jenny, I notice that you have the tendency to stand up for other people. Um, you take care of your brother. That Those are such great personality traits. That is so awesome. Continue to do that, you know, and fan that flame in her um, so that, again, she doesn't, like her emotions aren't dominated by frustration and annoyance of having to go out of her way. Um, it can just help her have a more positive mindset about what she's doing and you know, this may trickle into her interactions with, with other students, too. Maybe she can um, show them some of that same nurturing and caretaking personality. And it will help build a stronger sense of community in the classroom. You know, when, when all these kids start, you know, thinking positively and really caring for one another. And it can help, you know, the kids want to enjoy coming to class every day because there's more of a sense of community. Um, and again, that just, that starts with, you know, the teacher, the, whatever educators, counselor, just nurturing some of those positive personality traits and encouraging her to continue on in that. And I'll also play the devil's advocate for a second and the opposite side of this. So we see Jenny's being pulled out of the classroom. So this is sometimes this is going to interrupt her learning in the classroom for her to, you know, come out, go to a completely different environment, you know, and, and it may mess with the way that she views the rest of the day because she may be frustrated from that one time and then she can't even focus on any assignment or anything that she's doing. So I would, I would even say for the other teachers that are having trouble with her brother to try to not concern Jeannie with that if, if they're able to, just so that she can stay in her own environment and stay on task where she's at. She's got another brother. He's a little bit older and he can be a little bit wily and act out a little bit. And um, there is a negative pressure from him towards Jenny to make uh, bad choices sometimes. And, you know, what, what educators and counselors and, and people alike can do for her is to just encourage her to do the right thing, even if the right thing isn't cool. Um, and help her understand that is in the long term, it's more satisfying to, you know, again, to recognize what is right and, and to always choose to do that right thing. So let's move on to session three, which will address some of the social, emotional well-being aspects of Ginny. And this session will incorporate um, her relationship with, with uh, the friend that said would be called Mary Catherine Kelly. Um, we see that there is a, let's see, there is a, there's an issue going on with them because of, you know, a, a sweater that was lent to Mary Catherine Kelly. And then now there's this awkwardness and tension. And, you know, I, I think it's very important at the beginning of the year to set the tone for, you know, leaving the past in the past and moving forward with it with a clean slate and having a positive mindset on growth and learning in the classroom. You know, we see that Jenny comes into the classroom. At, well, at the beginning of the year, we know that she is. She's a little bit. Well, hold on. That's a little bit more of the next session. We'll save that. 
Um, but again, just reminding everyone in the classroom that it's, that it's a safe place to come together, no matter what's going on. Um, we see that Jenny is, she, she likes to make lists. Lists she is. Uh, one of her goals that she has is to be nice to this girl, you know, that she used to be best friends with. And even though it's hard for her, well, I mean, it would be hard for anybody, you know, to, to be, try to be nice to someone that, you know, had hurt you in some way, but, you know, teachers and educators, they can encourage Jenny or they can praise her effort. You know, Hey, I noticed that you're trying to be nice to her. Um, and I think that's really awesome. I know that can be hard to do, but that is just so great that you are really trying to, to show her, um, compassion, you know, and, you know, tying her social emotional well-being into, you know, like the, the curriculum. I think one thing that teachers can do is create opportunities for students to reflect on themselves and how they're actually feeling. And one way that maybe her art teacher could do this is to assign a self-portrait self project. And this may be, you know, this would give Jenny the opportunity to draw how she views herself. And we could even, you know, do an analysis on her, the size of the facial features that she draws on herself um, and do a reflection of that. There can be maybe in an English class, just an honest self-reflective journal about herself and just some of the issues that she's, she's facing um, some of her thoughts, because, you know, whenever students are able to kind of vocalize this, or, you know, or write it down, it really opens the, the doorway for them to begin to work on some of these issues that they have. Again, if it's how they view themselves or if it's an issue that they have with some other people. So now for session four with fostering positive relationships, um, we're going to start out at the beginning of the year. I think it's a, it's a very good practice to set high, set high expectations. Okay, we know Jenny comes into the new year and she is a little anxious about an event that happened in the previous year. She's embarrassed because she got hit in the nose with a ball and someone was calling her a mean name. So what we can do, what educators can do in the classroom at the very beginning of the year is set that tone for, hey, the past is in the past. This is a new year. You know, you're a new person. There's been a whole summer. Let's focus on growth and moving forward this year. Um, if Jenny still struggles with, you know, how she's viewing herself um, with that anxiousness and embarrassment, let's talk to her about being resilient and bouncing back. Let's create opportunities for her to do some sort of project um, so that she can show off and be proud of herself. You know, creating something that, you know, she can look at and say, I did this with my own hands. I'm so proud of this, you know. And that can help combat some of those feelings of anxiety that she had been feeling. Well, closer at the beginning of the year because of a past event. And about, so let's, let's talk for a second about including parents in Jenny's education. We know that Jenny has a strong relationship with her mom. We don't want education to only happen in the classroom. We want the parents to get involved. So let's create opportunities for that. Let's reach out to those parents. Um, and, and again, referring back to with the feedback, you know, being immediate, that's how this ties in as well with parents. Like, you know, Jenny has a teacher that 
requests her mom meet with her at the next parent-teacher conference. If there's an issue, let's include mom now. You know, let's make sure that you know her mom is at the front and center of everything that's going on, so that she can also you know be an advocate and, and help Jenny um, with whatever the issue is. If it's a declining grades or you know you name it, we want them. We want the mom to be uh, active at helping. Um, let's invite her to events at school. Try to get her to volunteer. Uh, again, just to take more ownership of her own daughter's education. So, again, just, just to kind of close everything, we, we talked a little bit about some cognitive development, some behavior issues, uh, some social-emotional well-being aspects, and our final category was fostering positive relationships. And, and these are just, you know, a few examples of some issues faced by Jenny and, and how educators can use some best practices to, to combat some of those. Thanks for tuning in.